Put that shit on the prelims. Put that on the undercard for Cam Soda. Welcome into Tappy Vegas, brought to you by Better and Green. We've got the bets that cash that make Vegas crash. If you need money to flash, don't go to that other trash. Come to us. Come to us. Nine and one since we started this, a ninety percent win percentage, which is just absolutely insane. Bobby, we're still on fire. Run through the recap of last week for me, man. So last week we went up one point four units. Year to date, we're up nine point nine units, and all time we are at a whopping. Positive 43.4 units. That is absolutely unheard of. Nine and nine year to date, 9.9, excuse me, year to date, 43.4 all time. Give me names, give me addresses, send me location, send me location (laughs) of other betting companies, other betting gurus, whatever they want to call themselves. Who else is doing this? Brian Ortega, easy money, easy work last week. Easy money, easy work. I called that. Haymaker. Brian Ortega sub. Death taxes. Brian Ortega winning a fight he probably shouldn't. <laughs> what else goes together? Bobby, you're absolutely correct, man. I spent so much time researching that fight, listening to so many other people say, and I drank the Kool-Aid, and I took Yaya Rodriguez. You were the man, and you, you doubled down with it for the Haymaker. Man, I just got to give it up to you, Bobby. Thank you, man. You saved last week by yourself. Hey, it's always a team effort, man. You saved the weeks also yourself. It's a team effort here because we're both two people with positive winning records. That's another great thing about this show. Both individuals, we don't even know what the other one's going to say. We don't even know who's going to pick who until we start this show and we actually do live recording, folks. So for us to be as profitable as we are, not even talking to each other about what we're thinking and feeling until we start live recording. That's pretty impressive in and of itself, folks. And before we get into our picks, guys, we just want to take a quick second to dedicate this video to a guy named Paul. Uh, He was very important. Uh, He was our wives adopted grandpa, a very good friend to us. Uh, He did pass away here recently. Uh, So our thoughts are with him. We did spend uh, this past weekend, um, at his wake and just really thinking about him, Bobby. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, prostate cancer, uh, lost his battle with that. So please, you know, if you're a guy out there, you have, you know, guys in your family, friends that you love and you care about, please encourage them to get, uh, prostate examinations routinely. Uh, there doesn't have to be a stigma around it. It's not what it used to be anymore with the misconception of the whole finger and the buttocks area thing. There's ways to do that now where you don't even have to worry about that if that's a concern. They can draw your blood, check your PSA levels, keep everything in check, and just please be aware of that. Uh, it's no joke. Just get that checked out if you're at the age where that's now a medical requirement. And we're really going to miss Paul, and he was a great guy. And just thank you all for tuning in. He absolutely was, man. Let's get into these fights. All right, so our first fight, we've got Ariel Hawani. Oh, wait, no, sorry. That's Ayman Zahabi. <laughs> Dude looks like him. I'm just going to say it. Uh, and Javid Basharat. Looking at these two fights, big age difference here. Um, I mean, I man, counters to the chin for KOs. That's a big thing for him. Uh, he's got some crazy striking power. He does have clunky footwork. And footwork is one of those things I feel like it's talked a lot about in boxing and very little in MMA. Um, the way you move in the ring, uh, it, it's a big deal. 
It is a big deal, and I don't think his footwork's very good at all. I think he can get caught. Uh, hesitant hands. This dude's not going to just go in there flying around. He's he's little action, little action bomb seeker. It's a lot like what we saw with Moreno last week. Um, dude just, he's not going to beat you by volume. He's not a Marab. He's going to try to knock you out. We see that with his high knockout rate. Bashret, always calm. It doesn't matter what you're, if you're striking, you're in the middle of a grapple. He's just calm, collected, thinking about what to do next. He can win in any style, knockout, decision, uh, sub, smooth, and a step ahead, which I think is going to be a really, really big factor uh, in this fight. He's got great movement in all four directions, which is the exact opposite of what I was saying with the footwork with Zahabi. I just don't see Zahabi really having much of a chance in this one, and neither does Vegas, uh, looking at how Heavy of a favorite bad shred is uh, Zahabi. I know he comes from like a, a family line of people that are, are pretty big in the MMA community. I don't see it. I really don't see it. I see Bashret ending this one. So I'm going to take the double method, the KO sub at plus 175. I making a minus 800 of plus 175. I love it. I don't think Zahabi is able to get out of it, especially if Bashrat's able to get his hands on him and turn this into a grappling match. What do you think, Bobby? I love it as well. There's not much for me to disagree with on this particular fight. I will have some tricks up my sleeve for a few other fights on this card with uh, disgusting odds, but unfortunately not this particular fight. Uh, I'm in Zahabi, little brother of Faraz Zahabi. Uh, GSP's coach, uh, Roy McDonald's coach, uh, pretty much any good Canadian fighter he's coached. He's based out of TriStar in Montreal. Great gym. Uh, took a tour there once. Amazing gym, amazing atmosphere. Really great guy. Really knowledgeable coach, but as Ben said, just doesn't really translate to his little brother's MMA career for whatever reason. Uh, so that's proof positive right there that no matter, you know, the resources, the guidance, et cetera, et cetera, you have, sometimes it just doesn't work out in MMA for you. And then sometimes those individuals that don't have those things, it works out for them. So it all, it all just depends. It's really hard to predict. It's really hard to figure out who's going to be successful and who's not, but I think looking at Zahabi, another thing that stood out to me was how inactive he's been. He's been in the UFC since February of 2017. He fought twice in 2017. Uh, one was a unanimous decision win. The other, he was knocked out by a spinning elbow from Ricardo Hamos. Didn't fight again until 2019. Only fought once. Lost by unanimous decision. Another two-year layoff, February 2021, KO punch win. Another long layoff, July 9th, 2022, unanimous decision over Ricky Tercios, who we talked about last week, and then didn't fight until last year, June 10th last year, KO win over Ari Keeling. Don't know how to say it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and that's it. That's his whole UFC career right there. That is everything. And there's just not much to go off of. And I don't know why he's been so inactive. I don't know if there's injury history. I don't know if there's like a focus issue, like he's just not that, you know, involved in his career. I don't know. I have no idea why he's so inactive, but it's very discouraging and not really a good sign to be so inactive when you've been in the UFC for so long at this point. And I just think Basharat's on the up and up. 
And I think even though the odds are disgusting, I completely 100% agree with uh, doubling up on the finishes because I do think it would be a finish because um, you're not going to get much on decision if you just want to go decision by itself at minus 165. But I just think Basharat's better. Uh, him and his brother really seem to be like they're kind of the next generation uh, of up-and-coming fighters, hot prospects. And Zahabi's just kind of been a guy who I've said time and time again about individuals like this in MMA just kind of seems stagnant right now. So not much for me else, not much else for me to add. I love it, dude. And talking about Bashrat's uh, record also that you're seeing, Bobby, there are six undefeated fighters on this card, which as a smaller card too, that's insane. Yes, definitely a lot of undefeated talent. And that's a good thing because – this is a good match. Don't get me wrong. This is actually – I have to constantly praise it when I see it because the UFC for the past few years has been so terrible. In my humble opinion, with matchmaking, I do have to also call out good matchmaking. This is good to see who moves on in the bantamweight division and who does take that next step. And Zahabi could easily fool me and make me look like an idiot and take that next step. But I just think Basharat's going to be the guy to continue on, and Zahabi's just going to really have to make a decision about how serious he is at 36 years old of making a serious attempt at an MMA career at this point with how inactive he's been. I 100% agree, man. You ready to take this next one? Yes, this next one's going to be Ludovic Klein versus AJ Cunningham, and this is a fight I'm very excited about. It is a uh, pullout fight, so pullout game's pretty strong on this one. Oh, yeah. It was originally supposed to be Ludovic Klein versus Joel Alvarez, and AJ Cunningham's coming in on short notice to replace Alvarez. And this fight's very exciting because, once again, have to praise some good matchmaking here at the 155-pound uh, lightweight division of the UFC. So Ludovic Klein's a very exciting guy, very dynamic striker. And he has some tough losses. Uh, one of those tough losses was to Nate Landwehr by Anaconda Choke Sub in October 2021. And unanimous decision loss to Michael Trezano in 2021. But since he's been in the UFC since 2020, he's been pretty impressive. KO, uh, head kick punches, split decision, unanimous decision. Uh, has a majority draw, another unanimous decision. So... Pretty dynamic guy, pretty good striking, interesting, fun fighter. Uh, his last fight, August last year, against Ignacio Bahamundes was a pretty fun fight that resulted in him winning a unanimous decision win. And Bahamundes is a guy that I had my eye on, and so a win over him is always encouraging to see with how impressive he has looked, in my humble opinion. Uh, also has a win over Devontae Smith, not to be confused with the football <laughs> player. Uh you know, Devontae Smith, the MMA guy, who's not even in the UFC anymore, but I digress. So, yeah, Ludovic Klein, I know a lot of people really are fanatical about him, and I do once again acknowledge that he is exciting. And I'm also aware of the numerous glaring faults that his short-notice opponent, A.J. Cunningham, has aside from the fact that this is a short-notice fight, which is always something that gives the edge to the uh, opponent who's had full time to prepare. I'm also willing to acknowledge that A.J. Cunningham had a very rough contender series debut in which he 
did not even get a contract on the Dana White's contender series as a result of him losing that fight. But all this to say, I don't see why the odds are this ridiculous. I get that Cunningham uh, got knocked out in round two of his contender series debut September last year, but he's had a pretty good record, you know, in the rest of his professional career and clearly earned the chance to be in the UFC. And I know some of you out there are going to whine and complain he's only getting it because he's Bryce Mitchell's friend. They train together, all that. Well, you know what? The earth's flat. What do you got to say about that? <laughs> what do you got to say about that? So back to the topic at hand, AJ Cunningham, why not go balls out? Ludovic Klein, I get the, you little fanboys are going crazy about the Slovakian. You know what? Why, why can't I go crazy about the country boy? Because I don't see why Vegas has Ludovic Klein as a minus 900 and Cunningham as a plus 600 unless somebody's getting a little too excited with the crack rock in the back. So do we need to call up Frank Ocean to sing up crack rock? Because that's what I think Vegas is smoking with this. And with odds as disgusting and as puking their mouth as they are on this card, I'm going to whip my dong out, put it on the table, and say I'm going with A.J. Cunningham. And when you ask for a reason why and some articulate response like all these other nerds and virgin, virgins, I'm just going to tell you because it was told to me in a dream. Because it was told to me in a dream. And you know who else had a dream? Martin Luther King. Well, I have a dream that come Saturday when A.J. Cunningham and Ludovic Klein face off from each other, cross that octagon, A.J. Cunningham's going to win by KOTKODQ at plus 1,600. Bookmark it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you are not going to like my side in this one. I apologize, but I got to say what I got to say. Dong's on the table. Your move, bro. <laughs> Dong's on the table. I'm staying away from your table. I'm not sitting with you at lunch no more. <laughs> Ludovic Klein, man, dude's a KO artist. I think he's got good pressure, but he loses... Um, he loses all his defense because he just goes in straight attack mode. And so he's got no uh, reckless abandon for his chin, which might lend some credence to what you were saying about the KO for Cunningham. Uh, absolutely better being the hammer, not the nail. We've seen this so many times where if the roles get reversed and he's not being the hammer, boy, they've been like, they've been quick. I just don't know. Cunningham's the guy to do it. Ludovic also does tap quickly. So I don't think AJ Cunningham is going to be in a sub situation. So that's not going to worry me for this fight. He's got a good gas tank. Cunningham. Uh, I think Cunningham was his opponent because Cunningham was free that weekend. When I look at Cunningham, uh, he dude had a bad childhood. Like his parents or at least his dad raised him and his three brothers like fighting the streets. They were fighting every day, fighting each other. Uh, if they got in trouble, they like pour food and drinks on them and go make them sleep outside. So the bugs would eat them overnight. Uh, just really horrible stuff. So the dude's grown up a fighter. Um, and I think that's his style is, is street fighter, which it we've seen uh, the Kimbo slice. We've seen guys that come from those walks of life uh, have quite a bit of success. I just don't know about Cunningham because I think he's got poor defense. He's not very technical. Super strong. Like, some of these slams I'm seeing are just incredible. Um, 
that the one time he came up and fought at this level, he got knocked out. So I'm just, I don't know about Cunningham. I think the dude's got super incredible heart, but equally not great skills. So I think that Klein is going to get the finish on him. And then minus 900 money line, I'm going to bump that down to the KO sub combo at minus 250. I could see Klein getting it done either way, but very interesting taking the Cunningham <laughs> knockout, Bobby. You got balls. It's like calling you Bobby balls. It's just the best value I feel on this card. On a card top to bottom of the five fights we've selected that just make you want to throw up in a trash can like it's prom night and you're wasted. I just feel like the most insane, chaos-causing, degenerate outcome that would just create the biggest salt mine of most fans and casuals would be AJ Cunningham. And any way you slice it, whether you take the money line for Cunningham at plus 600, whether you take KO TKO DQ at plus 1600, sub at 2500, or you double it up, or fuck, even if you triple it up, because even a decision's at plus 1200 for him to win. Any way you slice it, dice it, Cunningham is the best value on this card, hands down. It's the biggest X factor because I thought Klein was a lot more intimidating and a lot more crazy based off how people were talking and hyping him up before I actually delved into my research and looked at his record. And I'm like, I thought this guy was a KO artist. And I'm looking at his record and I saw only, I believe, one UFC KO because the rest were decisions. Yeah, he's had one UFC KO, and that was his debut, September of 2020. And I'm letting myself get fooled by all these nerds out there with Cheeto dust on their fingers on the keyboard saying, Ludovic Klein's a KO artist. He's going to smash AJ Cunningham, just like my girlfriend got smashed by my best friend. And it's like, where's your evidence? Actually, where's your evidence? Show me evidence. I don't even need evidence. I'm telling you straight up, it was revealed to me in a dream. There's my source cited. Where's your work cited page? I'm not even making this intellectual. I'm just putting my dong on the table. So what's up? You gotta make some you gotta scared money don't make money. That's all I'm gonna say. Scared money don't make money. I guess I need to clean the Cheeto dust off of my fingers <laughs> <laughs> for my Clyde knockout artist comment earlier. Um, we're moving on to this next fight. Uh, incredible fight. I'm really, really, really looking forward to this one. This is Umar Nurmagomedov versus Bekset Almakan. Um, looking at these two, this is going to be the biggest one, I believe, of the night. <laughs> Look at Nurmagomedov as minus 1,200. Woo, buddy. Um, why is he so high? Nobody wants to fight this guy. Nobody wants to fight Umar. Nasty kicks, great combos, great defense. Um, He's wrestling Khabib. Like, this dude is training with the best, uh, one of the best to ever do it. So his wrestling is just going to outclass most everybody. He's got very loose hips, too, which is something I noticed, which is very impressive and we don't see often. Sure, everybody can kick. Some people have really good kicks. But you usually you can see it coming. His kicks are so fast, and he's able to just turn his body so quick. It's really incredible. Um, his kicks have very, 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 very much impressed me. Bexet, you'll see a lot of NAs with this guy. I couldn't even get a freaking reach on this guy. 
I couldn't even get what his reach was at. UFC stats doesn't have it. I clicked a whole bunch of pages on Google, couldn't find it. Not a lot about this guy, but what I could find, the videos that I did find of him, this is not a simple walk in the park for Umar. And especially if anybody's taking this fight where they can't find these UFC vets to take it, but you're getting this guy, and I believe this is his first fight to come into the UFC. If he's got the balls to come in and take on Umar, like don't completely count this guy out. Uh, he's quick on the trigger. Like he will just throw instantly. He's got KO power, vicious hands. He's mentally fast. He's able to process very quickly. The biggest thing I see hurting him is going to be this grappling disadvantage. I just don't know who, who in the UFC can do it, let alone a guy who hasn't been facing UFC level competition. I, I think Umar ends this one early. I can't believe I can get the KO sub combo at minus 125. This is my last KO sub combo, guys. I'm going to go straight method after this. But with some of these numbers, they're just so astronomically high. You just have to get out of that some way. I think he's able to end this one early. If Bexet can make this to a decision, I mean, that is going to be incredible for him. But I just see Umar just having, just being too good and overpowering him. I want to say sub. I really, really do. But something tells me that that TKO is there. That he might just ground and pound the heck out of him too. Bobby, what do you think? Another fight I can't really disagree much with. Umar being Habib's cousin. Obviously, Habib a legend. We all know everything there is to know about Habib. Uh, but Umar is his grappling hasn't really been tested in his young UFC career. So we haven't gotten to see as much of that as we have Habib's obviously, but what is there that we have seen would be two rear naked choke finishes in his four fight UFC career and one KO body kick and punch finish and then a unanimous decision finish. So he's got two subs, one KO and a decision and four UFC fights. Uh, two of those finishes came in round one. The other finish came in round two. So looking at Almacon, <laughs> like uh, like we were saying, a lot of NAs, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uh, is this guy fighting in somebody's warehouse surrounded by piranhas and sharks and the loser gets fed to him by some Dr. Evil-style villain or something. I do see that he has one loss. And that loss was back in 2020 by a choke. Now, this does not specify what choke because the man of mystery has to remain mysterious. And I don't even... Bushido Kazakhstan FC3 was where it came from. <laughs> so I love the Bushido. What can I say? <laughs> and I don't even know what choke it was. Did he choke his chicken? Was his chicken choked into submission? It just says choke. That's very generic. So what I'm getting at with this is, once again... My pants are unzipping. My dong's on the table. I like the I like the idea of a combo, but I don't like how it's at a minus. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, why not sub at plus 140? This guy has one loss. It's by a choke. We don't know what type of choke. I'm saying Umar knows a lot of chokes, and uh, I think he's the guy to do it. Yes, his grappling, I think, has not been tested, but I also think his grappling, being in that lineage, and being the caliber of fighter that he has shown himself to be in his young career, I believe that he has Habib-level grappling, 
And I believe he can use that to give Al Makan another uh, sub loss. Once again, his kicking and his uh, striking game is amazing. And it's probably the best out of any of those uh, Dagestani guys that are in that Habib camp that I've seen. But I'll just go sub just to take the sting off that money line at plus 140. And, yeah, that's how I feel. Umar, another one of those undefeated guys. Um, uh, going These next two fights also have undefeated guys. Um, I'm leading sub two. I'm just a pussy unlike you, so I'm glad that you took it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's uh, break down this next fight. I'm going to need your help on this one. All right, sounds good. All right, next fight, we have Muhammad Makaya versus Alex Perez. So this is another exciting fight. Another undefeated guy, Muhammad Makaya of 11-0 right now. Young UFC career and very much an X factor. Uh, his fights that I've watched, yes, he's finished three of them by sub. Uh, four of them, excuse me. Four fights in the UFC have been finished by Makaya by sub. Another one was a unanimous decision win. So four subs, one, de- one decision since he's been in the UFC since March 2022. And don't get me wrong, that's great, and I'm very impressed. But, man, Tim Elliott really brought the fight to him. And I believe it was also, uh, yeah, Jafel Philho brought the fight to him. He didn't even get those until round three. All of his subs, except for the guillotine in his debut, have all been round three. That's very surprising. So it takes him almost the entire length of the fight to finally get the sub. So, hey, kudos to him for still digging digging deep and finding it because Tim Elliott and Philho gave him – hell of a fight so that is impressive but it is also concerning and alex perez has been around for a while so he's 24 wins seven losses so definitely has the clear experience edge as far as the ufc experience edge once again he has that he's been the ufc since 2017 but he's not been very impressive and i feel like this is bad matchmate well Bad and good subjective, but in my opinion, this is a clear example of feeding a guy with his biggest weaknesses to a guy they're trying to promote in Makayev, who Perez's biggest weaknesses play into Makayev's biggest strengths. So I can't necessarily say it's bad matchmaking, but it definitely is victimization and taking advantage of Alex Perez. Like he's, uh, well, I can't say that on YouTube, so I'll keep it PG and just say they're really taking advantage and being nasty. They're being downright mean to Alex Perez by giving him a guy who has all these sub finishes and he's lost his last two fights in the very first round, mind you, by sub. So that should be really all you need to know about this fight. And I just kind of think that's how it's going to go. I think he's going to get his ass kicked by sub. And I don't think it's going to take Makayev three rounds to do it. I think this is pretty much a easy layup that they're giving him because they want to capitalize on his undefeated record, the fact that he's British, and also pretty sure he's Dagestani. I don't think he's Chechen, but let me double-check that. But they have two markets, two markets with Makayev to take advantage of, and you know there's nothing Dana loves more than that sweet, sweet British market that they've been desperately trying to claw their way into since the days of Michael Bisping. So Makayev definitely gives them the ability to be able to break into the British market and also uh, 
also the other market of uh, you know good Muslim fighters that exist with the rise of Habib, Islam, Makhachev, etc. So, yeah, I, I really don't have much to say. I mean, on in theory, it could be tough, but I just think it's uh, I just think it's serving them up on a silver platter as a sacrificial lamb. Alex Perez is going to be unfortunately, and they're probably going to kick them to the curb and use it as an excuse to cut them after this. So. Let's check out how disgusting the odds are. Money line. <laughs> minus 355 for Micaiah, plus 280 for Perez. Don't fall for it. I'm not even going to look at Perez props. You're wasting your time. Micaiah by sub, though. Plus 150. Shocking. Very shocking. KOTKODQ plus 800. Don't think it's going to be that. Don't think it'll make it to decision. So not bad, actually, that you can put um, money on sub right now at plus 150. I'll take that, please, and thank you. What do you got? So I was watching some Alex Perez, uh, some film on him. I was very impressed. And then I went back and I saw when these fights were and how often he's been fighting. This dude is not active, man. I was very impressed with what I saw. And then I thought, oh, my God, his last two losses were to Pantoja and Figgy. Like, this dude must be pretty good. The dude, he's 31 years old. Like you say, he's got a lot of experience. But, man, it just it seems like he rarely fights anymore. Um, he's got some unreal grip pressure. Like, I was seeing him sub dudes without locking stuff up. And you really don't see that in the UFC. Like, that's some, um, like, JV-level type garbage that doesn't work but he's got that pressure that is just really insane he's got some nice defense and he's a very accurate striker from what i was seeing when i was watching makayev very good wrestling and he will take the wrestling to you i mean he his takedowns i believe when i was doing the uh the background work for these graphics it's like almost like over four like that's a lot of takedowns um he'll eat punishment too starts with um a really good pace and he can chain that wrestling striking and subs very quickly, which we see a lot of guys they'll strike. Uh, and then if a guy falls down, you know, they have to go through guard and work their way up. And he works the stuff as people are falling, you know, he'll kick, he'll get you around the legs, try to do a takedown and then somehow find your neck, find something. And, I've been very impressed with uh, some of his sub work. Um, almost loses like every fight, which is really weird right. for a guy that's so right. good. Um, but Alex Perez rarely fights. We saw that Makayev, and there was a little bit of controversy with, I think, his second to last one, um, where he said that he tapped. I watched the video. <sighs> I really could feel it going either way. It did kind of look like he tapped, but at the same time, it wasn't like a full-on tap. So I'm just going to let that one go. Dude almost got his knee completely broken off, but he kept going. Uh, So he's got the heart of a fighter. His heart and cardio don't bother me at all. But then even in his, I think you said Tim Elliott, his Elliott fight, uh, he thought, and Elliott thought that it was 1-1, Elliot was actually, he won the first two rounds. If you look at how the judges, uh, they, they graded those two. So if it did go to decision, Makayev was going to lose. And I don't see Makayev losing this one. I don't see it going to decision. Don't really see it being a knockout. So I'm right there with you, man. Straight up sub at plus 150. Beautiful. 
moving on to the main fight. Bobby, we, we've been killing it, but not the main fight these last two weeks. So I'm really hoping uh, maybe we split. Maybe that's what we have to do to get back on track. But we got uh, Jerzinho Rosenstrike for Shamil Gaziev or Shamani Gaziev. Um, Rosenstrike, unbelievable KO power. I watched that uh, Overeem fight. He got punched in the face and cut his lip. Like, I mean, his lip was like hanging out. Like, it was hard to watch. Really gruesome. But that's just like the power this dude has. He has the power to blow your mouth apart. At the um, last second. At the last second. Absolutely. Oh, vagina th- lip. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't seen anybody blow a mouth like that since what Tito Ortiz's ex wife. <laughs> Whoa, you leave her out of this, all right? <laughs> they weren't married. Or so oh, he said. Vagina is not a bad word, it's anatomically correct. <laughs> He starts with an insane pace for a heavyweight, too. Uh, I watched all of his fights, Bobby. Every single fight he's been in. He's been in 18 fights. That was the longest five minutes of tape I've ever watched. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) This guy has gone a decision a couple times. But his number of, like, 28-second fight, he had a 28-second fight, a 9-second fight. I believe that's the fastest knockout in UFC history. Like, this dude has multiple, like, under one-minute knockouts, which is just insane. It speaks to his power. Um, made to decision three times, including a five-round fight versus Cyril Gain, which going five rounds as a heavyweight, like, that is insane. You don't see that. I believe that, like, the average time for heavyweights, like, maybe a little over seven minutes. So the fact that he went the full five rounds is amazing. And when you look at him, you don't think he has that cardio. Um, Shamani, on the other hand, uh, grew up and trained uh, with the Khabibs, which I thought was very interesting. Um, he was also Cyril Gaines' sparring partner. So this dude has quite a bit of good competition he's faced. Uh, some of the guys he was knocking out on his regional scene looked like, I mean, just, you said Adonis's last episode, I guess. I'll use that too. I mean, these dudes are just ripped, insane looking. But what I had in the back of my mind was, are these like, open weight heavyweights like is there a cap because he he looks quite a bit bigger than some of the guys he was knocking out and i mean quite a bit bigger than some of these guys one of them looked like i mean maybe 215 220 ish and shamani just absolutely ate that man um shamani xl shamani XL for sure, man. He's got some low hands, which is <clears throat> going to be really bad against Rosenstrike, but he does have that grappling advantage. I don't see him being able to use it. Um, I believe, uh, which is hilarious too, because I think we had a one and a half round, um, like one and a half over under round on last card, either one or two. And this one, is the full the the main event and it's set at one and a half like that that is insane for a five round fight the line to be at one and a half but that just is a testament to these guys um gaziev has no gas tank this dude gets very tired also right now i what we've done is we gave basharat nurmagomedov and makayev all wins so right now we have three of the six uh, undefeated guy staying undefeated. I think Gaziev is the one that gets upset. 
I don't think that everybody that's undefeated on this card stays undefeated. If I had to pick one, it's him. I'm going to go Rosenstrike with early knockout. Um, I believe his money line is plus 150. His knockout is plus 165. I, oh, man. Yeah, I, I was going to go knockout, but it had changed before we got on here. It was plus 140, and I like the 165 a lot more. But since it's moved to 150, I'll just take the Rosa Strike money line, but I like that KO if you want the extra 15. Well, you did a great job breaking down the fight from a technical standpoint, and I'm not going to disagree with your methods or your pick or anything. I'm in 100% agreement with everything you said. But now if you listen closely, you can hear the sound of diarrhea violently hitting the toilet bowl as I proceed to shit all over this fight. <laughs> There's nothing I hate more. Wet socks. That pisses me off. I'm not even going to say the other things piss me off. I'm just going to say wet socks really piss me off, right? <laughs> little, little thing about me. You know what pisses me off more than wet socks? UFC heavyweight main event. I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> You hear me? I'm sick of it. I know whoever's watching this that has the power, please stop. <laughs> Josino Rosenstrike has more main events than most of the current champions of the fucking UFC right now. Most of the champions of their divisions do not have nearly the amount of main events that Josino Rosenstrike has. And I'm about tired of it. I'm tired, boss. I'm tired. <laughs> All right. The man is not good. It's heavyweight UFC MMA. We talked about Cyril Gan's sparring partner is Gazeev. Uh, he's trained with Habib. Like, fuck, let's say he trained with Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, and Rocky Marciano's <laughs> ghost. It's heavyweight MMA. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because all it takes is one big, fat, 300-pound guy with a meat hook of a left or right hand coming straight at you and it doesn't matter. All that matters is who's carrying you out on the stretcher to the ambulance. That's what matters the most. It's sloppy. It's disgusting. And if it doesn't end in a first-round knockout, you're going to be bored out of your mind watching two guys lay against each other like softcore porn. And I'm not really a fan of it, man. All right? I know you all like to whine about grappling. I like good grappling. I like good wrestling. I like good jujitsu. Hell, I'll watch Kobe Covington sniff crotches before I watch two gassed heavyweights <laughs> that look like two baby bears that have been prematurely shaved with mange, just waking up from hibernation, sweat, against, sweat up against each other on the cage. I just don't want to see it in my main event. Put that shit on the prelims. Put that on the undercard for cam soda. Don't put it as a <laughs> UFC main event. That's all I'm going to say. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it anymore. Rosenstrike's going to just – the dude's supposed to be a kickboxer. When he first came in, all I heard was how great of a kickboxer he is. I looked up his kickboxing record. It feels like it's like John claude Van Damme forged with most of his fights being on Blood Island or something, and I didn't even get much information to go off of. I just think he's like a swang and bang Kimbo Slice-style brawler that just has, like Ben said, the crazy power to be getting his ass kicked for almost a full 25 minutes until he decides he's tired of losing and he finally launches a hand and, you know, gives Overeem another lip. Like, that, that's all I really got to say is it's heavyweight MMA, and that's another prime for an upset fight just by the nature of how ridiculous and insane heavyweight MMA is and how much of a meme it is. So who's your pick? 
Shamil Gazeep. No, I'm just <laughs> Jerzino Rosenstrike. And yeah, like you said, you can't really go wrong with the money line. You can't really go wrong with KOTKO. Both are good, but sure, I'll go KOTKO because at that point, if he's not winning by it, he's not winning, period, because all of his wins have come by KOTKO and his losses have come by TKO decision or a sub. So at that point, if he's not getting the KO TKO, he's not fucking winning at all. So you might as well get that extra little boost. Um, if you don't like the money line at plus 150, which is still good value, but if you're really just trying to stretch, stretch your bet and, you know, aim high and all that good jazz. Yeah. Squeeze out that extra for the plus 165 KO TKO. I, I don't blame you. So you're going the KO, not the money line. Uh, yeah, like I said, you might as well go all out because yeah. if it doesn't hit, you're not going to be kicking yourself because he damn sure isn't going to get a sub. And I just don't think as a 25-minute, uh, five-round main event, I don't think either is making it to the decision. So you're not really going to be kicking yourself because if he doesn't get the KO, TKO, he's just going to outright lose. So you might as well stretch it out a little bit and say he's going to win by KO, TKO because there's no other way he's going to win in my eyes. You know what? I'm going to do that too. I'm changing to the KO. I was worried because Rosenstrike has been able to go to decision a couple times. I was talking about Gaziev's gas tank. I I don't think Gaziev can make it five. I like really don't. And I don't think a lot of heavyweights yeah. can. Um, so in that case, I don't. Rosenstrike is he's not the better grappler. So he's not going to sub Gaziev. Right. He's not going to sub uh, Shimani. So right. I'm changing it to KO also. Even if he doesn't get that early knockout, he'll get the TKO later down the road. Exactly. And if he doesn't get it at all, like I said, you're not going to be kicking yourself no. because if he doesn't get it at all, I don't think he's winning. No. I think it's going to go to Gazeev either by decision or his own KO, TKO, or sub. So you're not really going to be missing out. If you're betting on Rosenstrike, you might as well go all out on his only, in my eyes, way to win. Yeah. I don't. I don't think this goes a decision for either of them. So I think a decision for either is just a mistake. I think you can right. do the sub KO with Shamil or the KO with Rosenstrike. I agree. I love that. Right. All right, exactly. Bobby. You fucking brought it today, dude. I love it. Um, what are you bringing to the haymaker? That's tough because right now that's between Makayev sub, which almost seems as certain as like a Brian Ortega sub. But, man, there's just that part of me that it really pays off when it does, but it also really sucks when it doesn't. I just want to, do do to wake up and choose violence with AJ Cunningham by any way you pick it. Uh, fine, I'll be like all the other sports bettors out there. Maybe to increase our viewership if I tell you the safe bet, the safe bet is Muhammad? Uh, let me be minty bets. Let me do a front tuck right quick. Let me get a boob job. <laughs> this is minty bets here. Your safe bet is Muhammad Makayev at plus 150. Any more obvious betting advice? Go to mintybets.com. Now they're probably going to flag us and sue us and copyright strike us because a small channel is pooping on their mainstream UFC content. But. I'll, I'll control the chaos. I'll control the chaos. There is that part of me that's wanting so badly to just 
stick the fork in the electrical socket and say AJ Cunningham, you name it. But I'll go Muhammad Makayev since it is a very surprisingly good value at plus 150 as my haymaker. You did that one for me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I also did it because, once again, I'm hoping we get more viewers by being safe and boring. Oh, my God, Bobby. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Bobby usually says, you know which ones are out there. We're not going to name names. Bobby <laughs> Bobby came and named names today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. This channel might be going away soon. <laughs> if, it, if it does, we all know how the UFC is about copyright striking. And for all you Rage Against the Machine fans out there who always whine and complain about the UFC picking on the little guys, if they shut this channel down, I better hear you complaining about it. You better be on Reddit and all the other social media forums whining about how they shut down Tapping Vegas. <laughs> So just because I name dropped, just because I name dropped <laughs> McGee. Oh God. Oh my God. I can't even call her by her real name. You need to edit it out to not say her real name. I know. Edit it to just say <laughs> McGee. Oh my God. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we appreciate all the views. Uh, please comment um, your guys' picks, what you guys thought about the episode. We'd love to hear from you guys. We want this to be as active a community as possible. The MMA community, it's a small community, but it's a tight knit community. Uh, we would love to be a part of it. Uh, we'd love uh, for you guys to come be a part of this with us. So thank you guys for watching. Please, we're going to have articles out on bettergreen.com. I come out with a premium article every week so i usually have about two or three plays also you can get all of our premium articles on bettergreen.com for just one dollar five dollars and ten dollars a month the only difference in price is you get more the higher up you go but with just even the one dollar tier you get access to all of our free articles um i will have two or three plays um <laughs> they're gonna be better this week too i promise i can't do any worse than i did last week uh, also, make sure you guys check out some of the other shows. We've got hockey going on right, right now with Five Minute Wager. We've got college basketball going with Getting Technical. we got a new Drop and Dimes coming out, the new NBA show. So make sure you guys stay around for all those. We're doing a bunch of lives. Ethan and White are doing an excellent job with those. And besides that, guys, we will see you in the next episode. Bobby, hey, man, it was freaking great to see you today. Great to see you, man. And, yeah, just – Briefly, yeah, we can't do it without y'all. We try to make this show fun. We try to make this show entertaining, and we also try to make it accurate. We try to give you what you want. You know, we listen. We keep our ear to the ground trying to figure out, well, what do people who enjoy betting content, sports betting content, especially MMA for this show in particular and UFC content, what do you want? Time and time again, people want it to be entertaining, and they want it to be accurate. So we strive to do both of those here. And hey, as how much fun we have on the show together, I'm sure that hopefully carries over with the energy into your living rooms, basements, wherever it is you watch us from. We appreciate it. We hope you have as much fun as we do. And yeah, our record speaks for itself. We have a paper trail behind with articles. We have, you know, numerous episodes you can go back and check and hold us accountable for. And we post it every single week, week in and week out, dating back to summer 2023 when this all started as articles on Better and Green to show you our wins, losses, successes, you know, defeats. So we try to do those two things. We try to keep it accurate. We try to keep it profitable. Uh, three things, accurate, profitable, and fun. So thank you all so very much for your support.
Absolutely, Bobby. Absolutely well said, man. Thank you guys again. Follow us on all socials for uh, the abridged. If you guys don't like watching long videos, you don't like reading long articles, we also just post a graphic that has all of our plays on there as well. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys in the next episode. UFC 299, Sean O'Malley. See you there. Peace, Bobby. Peace. better start listening to the better and green podcast you will not regret it trust me trust me trust me and hey i'm dean blandino welcome 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 to better and green hey to better and green hey to better and green hey listen in and cash out that's what it's all about come on let's make cash now we always on spot and we cover old spot from the bottom to the top hey Shout out to Ethan, shout out to Wyatt, shout out to Ben. Welcome, welcome to our podcast. Better win green.